Welcome to the Drive Able podcast, where we discuss all things about driving and safer community transport for people with disabilities and medical conditions. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on the socials. Just search Drive Able podcast on your favorite channel, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, we're there uh, on multiple channels now. So make sure that you search Drive Able Podcast. We've got lots of interviews. Make sure you go back and listen to some of those early ones. There's some real gold in those. So uh, please share with your friends as well and make sure that you spread the word about this podcast. G'day, Ellie. G'day, Brad. Yeah, get that uh, podcast out there and um, you'll really want to get this one out there. This is another exciting episode. We have uh, Jerome Wong um, on today. He is a wheelchair user of 12 years, but he's also a professional in the industry. He works as an engineer certifier like myself um, on vehicles, like certifying disabled modified vehicles, and also a business development manager and a bit of a tinkerer at Problem Management Engineering, PME. Um, you may have heard of the company PME on our previous podcast before. They're basically one of the pioneers and leaders of this space in hand controls and have been doing it for 30, 40 years. Um, so it'd be awesome to basically get a Jerome on and get interested in his story on a personal level, but also um, what's going on in the industry from his perspective and, and so on. So, uh, so Brad, are you ready, ready to get into it? Yeah, this should be a really good one. All right, let's get going. Driving is something many take for granted, but when someone has altered ability, then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. Driving with a disability doesn't mean you have to drive an old clapped out car with farm-like machinery, and relying on a wheelchair doesn't mean waiting for hours and then being in the back of a maxi access cab getting car sick. The Drivable podcast is designed to introduce and explore driving aids for people with disabilities vehicle modifications, the NDIS, research, medical guidelines, driving techniques, and much, much more. The Drivable podcast is to help you be informed and be in control of your own independence so you can experience freedom through driving safely and reliably. I'm Ali, and with me is Brad, and together we have over 30 years of experience in disability and driving. Enough of the intros, let's get into it. Okay, in this episode, we are talking with Jerome Wong. Jerome... Let's kick off first by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your disability, what it actually is, how you came about it. Yeah, hey guys. Um, yeah, I'm Jerome, as Ali said, just from PME. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm T11, uh, paraplegic. So yeah, about uh, 12 years ago, I, um, I had a fall. I, it, was, um, it was more of a freak accident than anything kind of thing. I was just riding my motorbike down the F3 and it ran out of fuel. And I, I just um, pulled over and got off the bike and then I, I stepped off the, over the guardrail and, and lost my footing. And I didn't even realise that there was like a 20 metre cliff, you know, and I just went off that. Um, and then, yeah, I pretty busted up at, at, at the bottom of that. And it, it was, um, yeah, it, 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 was, it wasn't a good, it wasn't great because uh, nobody knew I was down there or anything like that. Mm. How long were you down there? Oh, I just probably a bit over an hour. And one of the, like the RMS uh, patrol vehicle just saw me bike there and the, and the helmet was still sitting on the seat and the keys were in it. And then, you know, I thought something was odd because there was no one around. And then, yeah, I, I just saw like this orange light flashing at the top of the cliff because I, I, I thought I was finished. You know, I stayed conscious the whole time, but because I, I landed like kind of on my chest and I had like 
or broken ribs and I had um, like lacerated liver and kind of torn aorta and, you know, I was messed up pretty bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just saw this light flashing at the top of the cliff and I kind of yelled out to the bloke and then he, he heard me eventually and then, yeah, they, they came and got me out from the bottom of this cliff and then six months in hospital and all the rest of it. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, just, just from running out of fuel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty ironic because I, I just got back from Southeast Asia and I spent three months. Like I, I rode through seven countries on a dirt bike, you know, <laughs> and I came back unscathed from that. And it's like you, you're cheating death every day. You know, yeah. there I did like 5,000 Ks on the Ho Chi Minh Trail just in Vietnam. You know, it was, a, yeah, but and then just something simple like that. And then, yeah. yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Really interesting. I, I, have a, I have a really good friend who works in an ICU hospital and he, um, ICU unit in the hospital, and he was saying that you get much more stories like that than, than what you would expect. Like that, it's always the freak accident. It's always the weird, you know, unknown situations that cause the most amount of yeah. hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, so really interesting. And um, so I guess, when did you find out that... Um, yeah, you, you were T11. How, how did that progress? Oh, well, yeah, kind of like when I fell. Um, I, I knew, like, pretty much from then, yeah. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, were, you in, were you in pain? All I wanted to do was roll over because I, I couldn't breathe because it was, like, on my chest and then my busted ribs. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even do that. You know, mm. and then eventually when they got down there and then, um, you know, I was just going, roll me over, roll me over, can't breathe. But they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to stabilize you and all the rest of it. But I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> I think it's it's too late for that. But yeah, basically, it was I don't know. Within the, the day that I got there, they pretty well told me mm. that yeah, it was unlikely that I'd walk again. Were you in pain? Yeah. You in, yeah, yeah. You're in pain down yeah. there. So yeah, yeah. You, it wasn't it wasn't numb from there down. It was it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's numb. Yeah, from there down, but yeah, yeah, the, oh, the rest of me was like, yeah, it was in pain, pretty, pretty bashed up as well. Yeah. Were yeah. you also a car driver, or as well? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that's part of the reason why I became a mechanical. You know, I'm just mad for it, kind of like Bill and um, all the other guys at PME. We just claim we call it the disease. You know, we all got the disease. <laughs> there's so many bloody cars here it's, it just gets outrageous you know <laughs> so, um, you were, so you were a mechanic beforehand before, before, yeah. the, before the, the accident right yeah yeah so I, um, I kind of started in the industry like about 2001 so I, I was kind of uh, when, I, when I finished high school I was uh, doing um, like a IT diploma and part time I was working in a wrecking yard and then I kind of didn't really like the IT thing and then I, I decided I just want to do the mechanic thing full time. So, yeah, I um, I finished the there's a network engineering diploma, and then I just went and did my um, apprenticeship after that. Yeah. So um, so when you then I guess after you went through the rehab process and so on, were were you was driving? I guess when did that come back onto the agenda? No, oh, yeah, it was like um, up there from the get go, eh? <laughs> I was. I think uh, when I was in rehab, yeah, it was kind of funny how it worked out because I actually um, was friends with um, one of Bill's, uh, who's my boss, 
um, his nephew, Morris, who, who worked at PME at okay. the time. Yeah, so I knew all about PME, you know, and um, yeah, so as soon as I had my accident, I, um, uh, yeah, it was a bit um, tricky because I had a, a work car at the time because it was like a service manager, like a Subaru uh, department at uh, Castle Hill. Um, and then so they, they took the car back off me that I was driving. And then my other car was um, like four wheel drive, uh, it was a manual, you know. Uh, but, but then I had this other car under a tarp, which I hadn't even driven. It was like this old um, 1981 Volvo with a five liter V8 in it, but it was auto. So I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get that one again because it's you know, the only auto car I got. Um, yeah, so but when I was um, still in rehab, I got it sent to me old work because we used to do um, Scuderia Veloce on the Volvo. So they, they just went over it for me and got it all like roadworthy, whatever they're doing, because it's been under this tarp for a few years. And then, um, yeah, then I got sent straight to PME. And um, yeah, I, I did my rehab and the driving uh, whilst I was like in, in rehab at the same time, because it was just um, like through the Royal Ride, uh, the driving rehab there. Yep. So yeah, it was all in the same location. So it was easy for me. I that was Royal do, Rehab, you said. Royal Rehab. Yeah, yeah, because they, they have the um, the driver's center there, uh, as well as the rehabilitation. So, yeah, I um I only did I just did my kind of the, the perception and the cognition test there, mm-hmm. and then they, they just said yeah, you need about ten hours with a driving instructor, and then I did that like through the Royal Rehab, and whilst I was still in the rehab, I went and um, sat my license again, and um. Even like before that, I, I got my car dropped off at work already and it was all modified. No, wait, sorry, at the rehab center. It was all modified, ready to go. Awesome. <laughs> and I was telling the guy, like the drive test, the testing guy, I was like, yeah, man, I'm so keen, hey, I got my car, it's all modified, it's ready to go. You know, and then I, I did the test and he goes, yeah, man, like 100%, all good. And Excellent. Um, yeah, and I had the, like a weekend leave from the, the rehab joint and my mum kind of live up Central Coast a bit further like Catherine Hill Bay it's about kind of like 100 k's from the rehab centre so I, I just I drove up there like first weekend I got my licence back <laughs> I was still in the rehab joint <laughs> yeah. crazy so how, how did you how did you um, oh man it's, well first of all you seem like you're a bit of a go-getter um, if you if you got it all done done bloody uh, you know while you were in rehab, but I guess on that note, um, yeah, like were you, it's very rapid, I guess, the, 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 in the journey that you went through, what, what, like, is it because you had experience or were you kind of calling the shots there and saying, hi, oh, I need this stuff done. And what, what, what made you sort of overcome that grief and get straight into it pretty quickly? Because it seems to be something that does, I guess, battle, uh, people have to battle, like even yeah, thinking about sure. it and getting into it. You know? Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I guess uh, you go you go through the different stages whilst you're in hospital, and you know, six months is. I, I was on um, like full bed rest, like full spinal precautions for three months, so I had to lie completely flat um, for three months. I wasn't allowed to get in a wheelchair or nothing, wow. so that gives you like plenty of time to kind of <laughs> get your head around it. And uh, like even prior to that. 
like uh, I, I was pretty bad because I used to like race motocross and, and like BMX and all that. So I've broken heaps of bones. I, I, I um, done like three ankles. I, I did two ankles at the same time coming off of BMX. So I actually spent like six months in a wheelchair <laughs> prior to like, um, yeah, yeah okay. back. Yeah, yeah, so I was kind of almost like a, a veteran already. And then because my brother's mates that he went to school with, he, um, he, he also had a, a like a downhill push bike accident. And then he was like um, pretty high. He was like, like seat four, I think. Um, and, and, but then he, he built like Australia's quickest six cylinder VN Commodore, you know, twin turbos, straight to 4.2 litre, running eight seconds. I think it was ridiculous. And I was just yeah, like, okay. Like, even before I broke my back, I was like, you know, it's just see him and go, like, man, that's going to be the worst situation to be in. But, like, you know, he's a fair gun, this guy. Was he so doing was, that with hand controls? Oh, no, he actually, he couldn't drive it. So he, he built the car and he, virtually he funded it all. Yeah, right. And, and um, yeah, one of his mates would drive it because his, his hands would... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could probably drive, I reckon, with a space drive gear, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know he's... Well, that's, that's a nice segue. Let's talk about where you're up to now. Um, when you were mentioning uh, a company all the way through what you were talking about there, that's PME. Can you explain PME to some of the listeners and, and your connection with PME now? Yeah, sure. So problem management engineering is uh, one of the vehicle modifiers uh, based in Sydney. Uh, my boss, uh, Bill Georges, who he owns the joint, he's also in a wheelchair. Um, and he's been yeah, running the uh, PME for over 30 years and just, um, you know, developing different hand controls and solutions for people with all sorts of different disabilities. Um, and, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, as I mentioned before, I got my first vehicle uh, modified with him. And, um, yeah, I was friends with uh, his uh, nephew. Um, so I kind of already had, like, a, an association with the business to a degree, like, prior to my accident. Um, but yeah, so I always took my uh, vehicles back there and I was really impressed by the work um, that Bill does um, to the point where, you know, when, when I was trying to work my way back in it, finding a job and getting back to work and that, you know, I was, I was always hassling Bill for a job, you know, <laughs> being a mechanic and that prior. But um, yeah, he didn't really have much work going um, for the first few years. And it wasn't until uh, about 2016 when I uh, took another one of my cars down there. And um, I, I told him that I was doing this engineering course as well, like a few years prior to that. And then he, he just asked me if I completed it. And I told him that I had uh, kind of what other experience I had. And he was keen to, to put me on. So I was actually working in the disability sector um, at that stage because I, I couldn't find anything. Um, like as an engineer, you know, being in a wheelchair. So it was kind of pretty disheartening. Um, yeah, just trying to find work and all that. Um, but then, yeah, when I got the, the job with Bill, I was like so stoked because uh, for me, it kind of mixes all my different, um, you know, experience in nice. all together. Yeah, so being in a, a wheelchair and doing the engineering and um, being in the cars and the, and the mechanic and, um, you know, even though IT, of uh, course, because I did a um, website production and management course, so 
Um, I, I redid the the course, uh, the website for PME recently. So that, that, that was um, that was like six months of work. That was <laughs> that was a fair undertaking. So I do like kind of all the IT, uh, the graphics design type stuff there, as well as all our brochures and um, yeah, all that kind of marketing stuff here. Yeah. You got multi multi jobs there. Right? You've, yeah. uh, you can almost yeah. run the shop. We're, we're super keen to. Uh, we've spoken quite highly of Bill many times in this show. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're spe- super keen to get him on. So maybe try and uh, g him up because the thing is, yeah, is I'll that, him up. Um, there are also a lot of people that we've um, interviewed. I guess you know, he's one of the first guys. Uh, Bill from PME is one of the first guys in Australia that's kind of introduced hand controls and things like that. And a lot of people that we've spoken to that have been disabled for you know 30, 40, 50 years he was the only person they could get um, anything yeah. from. So, um, so yeah, it'd be awesome to kind of talk to him about those early days in the development of the industry. And so, you know, if you can maybe encourage him to, uh, to get interested, it'd be good. I know he, he, like, he gets a bit shy sometimes, but um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but, yeah. Stories about, yeah. Just how things were back in the eighties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause we've heard some great stories. From um, one thing I wanted to, I guess, uh, I guess highlight or even ask, so um, I guess now that we've uh, talked a little bit about what you do with PME and the experience that you had in terms of the, the rehab and the, the mental, I guess, um, uh, journey, is there anything that you've got, um, any tools or tips or whatever that you give the clients that, that you might, because I'm sure you face clients um, that would not be in a positive situation mindset than you are and as you know, and as I know, this job is half sales, half counseling, you know, and, um, and, and so have you, have you developed any tools or tips that can help people kind of get over, you know, get, get through these barriers? Um, that's funny you say that. I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel that most of the people that are at that stage where they're already kind of, you know, progressing through their journey of the rehab and they want to get a licence and get back on the road, a lot of them are already kind of adjusted, um, you know, to, to their disability um, at that stage. So yeah. I, I can't say really that I've been with that many customers of ours that, that they're really apprehensive or kind of pensive in any way of like getting behind the wheel. Um, and yeah, sure. So there's a lot of, you know, um, you know, education about, you know, the different controls, uh, different solutions and the, and the possibilities. Um, occasionally, yeah, we get a few guys that, that come in that are, that are still real fresh um, and, yeah, been in their wheelchair, you know, only maybe six months or a year or something like that. So, yeah, I guess, um, I, yeah, you can have a chat. Um, I think maybe it's a bit different for me just being, like, living that life and that experience. So I, maybe when I have these talks with the people that um, you see as more as a counselling thing, for me it's probably more of a, just like a one-to-one, you yeah. know, because most like, you know, brothers in arms type of thing, shared experience. So yeah, we had that from one of the advocates. Uh, uh, she was saying the same thing. It just helps break down that barrier. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it because, uh, you know, just being able to, you know, deal with other people that have disabilities, and just see how they they're getting on in life, and the different challenges, and you know, there's so many different stories. A lot, of, you know, I think a lot of people. With a disability, you've also got like a really good sense of humour, because you, you really need to have that 
and just the patience and you kind of just got to laugh things off because you can't really be too serious about it all otherwise you're not really going to get anywhere with anything you know what I mean yeah are you you still driving with the same controls as what you originally put into your Volvo oh no because um that's what I was saying I could do a bit of show and tell for you because I got like five different cars here now and they they all got they I got five different controls in them I was going to ask you what, what that was the Brad read my mind. That was a segue into the next uh, question. Yeah, so yeah. What kind of controls are you using? Let's, let's, let's talk about the controls. Yeah. Okay. So I guess yeah, I, I started to begin with just, just with a push pull because I, I really didn't know much about anything to begin with. Um, and then when I was a mechanic, I actually serviced a few cars that had hand controls on it. And then, you know, obviously like I have to road test these cars and then, you know, you might get a little bit curious on the road test. So <laughs> I kind of had an idea of what they're all about. Um, but yeah, I only ever thought it was just like a simple basic lever, you know, mechanical. So my first hand control was just a push pull. Uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, you know, this is kind of pretty basic, you know. Um, but then I started seeing some of the gear that was on the on the market after that. And then I was kind of keen. To, to get my hands on some of the, the different things that, that are out there. Um, so, what have you, but, so what have you got now? What what are the things that you've got in your five cars yeah, behind, out in the shed? So I've got um, the car I drive is my daily. is like a, I've got an F6 Typhoon. So it's like the four liter turbo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got like a mechanical radial in that. It's just like a basic one. And I, I think that car, that radial, I've had that in about four or maybe even five different cars. I just keep swapping it over. I always put it in myself in the yeah. backyard here and then, you know, get people to certify it. And, you know, it's all done properly. Um, yeah, so that's got a mechanical radial. And then, like, my uh, my kind of business or my interstate car, I've got, like, an AMG E55, like the supercharged V8. So uh-huh. I've got the um, E-radial in that one. And then that's kind of, like, the first car I wanted to get some of the electrical stuff in. Um, so I, I kind of got I got the little um, the satellite as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I got one of them just to see what the wow factor was all about. But when, when I drive that car, probably about ninety percent of the time I use the, the e radio mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and then yeah, I have the, my RX seven, so it's a nineteen eighty nine series five, and the thing it's uh, it makes like five hundred and fifty horsepower at the wheels. It's just ridiculous, but I because I, I wanted to drive a manual car again, so um, I got that one as a manual. Um, and yeah, we put the duck clutch in there, and it's got a ghost ring. And I des- designed like a secondary clutch system, so it's got the contour brake bar. And I'll put like another clutch lever on there just so when you're doing hill starts or if you have to do an emergency stop or something, you can still do like control the steering wheel and brakes and clutch. Um, and then I got my Volvo. I got a Volvo. It's a it's a nineteen um, seventy nine two four two GT. So it's the it's like the old boxy square one, but the two door one. They're pretty rare. Uh, yeah, but I just the, I took the poxy two point three liter out, and that, that Volvo that I, I mentioned um, that I had to begin with with the five liter. Yeah, I took the five liter out of that and I stroked it to six point three. And then I put that in the in the other Volvo, so it's a yeah, two door Volvo with six point three liter V eight, and then that's got the the push pull in it 
that's that's actually the same push pull that was in the first Volvo. So that's my first ever hand control. So that's still kicking around. Yeah. Awesome. So I have the motorbike as well. Set up the motorbike. I can show you that. It's got the full um, like a suicide shifter. So I've got a motorbike in the sidecar, and it's got um like a four. You know, it's it's manual, like four forward skis, and it's actually got a mechanical reverse gear. So I, I got like um, I changed the gears here with my right hand, and I clutch with the left, and I got the rear brake on the the clutch. Yep. And I put like a special seat on there. I made up with like miniature airbags and all this because I take it off road. And I've got like all pressure saws and all this to begin with. So I've mm. got this little big plush Harley saddle seat thing and then mounted it on there with airbags. <laughs> How often do you ride it? Oh, I ride it. I try to ride it a bit every now and then. Like I put 20,000 Ks on it. So yeah. kind of like when I, when I first got it, I did, um, you know, I did, I did a bit of trip and I, I went, because uh, I, when I, I finally got my license and all that sorted for it. And then, I did a trip and went and saw all the people like I, I spent time with in rehab in New South Wales, you know, so I rode up all the way up to Grafton and then, you know, stopping like Coffs Harbour, Port Macquarie, and I went inland to like Armadale and then up uh, to, I've got a mate who lives up near Coonabarra Brand, so I went all the way up there, like through national parks and all the dirt roads and all that kind of thing, so. So, mate, yeah. how, how do you get on and off and how do you balance it when you come to a stop? Oh, yeah, because like, it's a sidecar. Oh, okay. So I can roll up and then yep. I just yeah I can transfer on so I can just lift myself on there. Yep. Pretty good with transfers and then um yeah I'll just take my wheelchair apart and then like from the bike and then I'll chuck that in the sidecar. Awesome. And I'll chuck my swag on the back. I, I build a commode I take with me. And I just put a commode on the on the back even. <laughs> and uh, my dog, like when I got out of rehab, I got the dog and then she she that trip, she was like a little pup. So I just put her in the nose cone in that bed and she virtually like grew up in there. So like anytime I go near the bike, she just goes mad and straight in the, in the, in the nose cone. You oh, know? Amazing. Go, get in your hole. Get in your hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so can is... I ask, um, because we discussed this, um, like I, me and you and some other people were involved in the, the stuff with the RMS, uh, New South Wales government, how they were upping arms about people changing controls. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, like for example, to give a bit of context, they were putting pressure on disabled people because let's say if they went from one type of control to another, they wanted the whole process started again. Now you just explained to us that you use basically five different cars and five different controls. Tell me what is what is the kind of, how, how easy is it to switch between the two? Is it kind of the general philosophy of the driving is the same or do you find you need to readjust that like like tell us about that process when you go from one car to another yeah um it is a bit tricky i guess it's the same with anything it's like a, a learned skill that and almost like muscle memory um and i guess uh, some of the controls are obviously different like you put your hand on an e-radial you, you mm. know what, what that's going to do but yeah some of the cars i got which is a push pull and a, and a mechanical radial yeah often i get in and i you know, push it, you know, <laughs> when I should be pulling it or, you know, one or the other. Yeah, my yeah. wife's car is, she got the, like, a um, LX430 and I put a, like, a push-pull in that as well. So that's um, another one. That, so it's all, yeah, all different controls. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't find any issue. Once you get used to it, 
you know, it's just like anything you can get in there and like a minute, like this does that, and that does this, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about the licensing side of it all with RMS then? Because I just want to say that um, I'm, I'm in South Australia and South Australia are, are like the RMS. They want to make sure that you are in control of a modified vehicle. And if it's got a different modification, then uh, we've got an example of somebody that has a left foot accelerator and then she can't get a left foot accelerator whenever she travels. Uh, this is pre-COVID, by the way, and hopefully post-COVID. So she had to pass another license test for hand controls. So she's got both of those on her license. So she can show at a licensing standard that she's in control of both. Now, you've got the duck clutch um, as, as an example uh, on your manual. Is Where does it sit with RMS um, in New South Wales for that type of thing? Yeah, so I actually had a um, good discussion with, uh, with driving ATs that we work with closely at um, PME. And um, there is a code in New South Wales, and it's a real broad one. And it's, um, it's just called <clears throat> foot operated controls by hand. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one that they selected, and that's the endorsement that I have on my license. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so a generic we, one that can cover a lot of different controls. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of had some discussion about that, um, and yeah, we, we, there was a particular code that, and then that, that was the description. So um, they didn't see any issues in, in changing it to that because it, mm -hmm. I mean the other thing is I have to drive a number of these different vehicles like for work, mm. yep. different controls on them as well. You know, um, as a certifier there as well. So. Yeah, um, and yeah, I need to get that as part of my work, um, as well as for my own uh, requirement. Yeah, for any OTs listening to this and maybe new in the game uh, for doing driving assessments, uh, the more generic the the restriction on the license, the the better option it is for the future, um, because modifications change over time. As you've learnt through this podcast, hopefully, if you've been listening in, there's lots of different modifications on on the market and it's about finding the best solution for for you whether it's right hand versus left hand versus if you've got partial function in your arms or or whatever it may be but um, with the changes over time having a generic uh, restriction on your license can make a massive difference to what's available uh, as you've explained Jerome yeah yeah so I know that we're probably running out of time. Have you got videos at all of, of you and your car at all that you could share? Well, I probably, I, should, I need to take some. I haven't really. I've got a real brief one that my uh, brother took whilst I was just driving it with an iPhone. But, you know, I've been meaning to do it. So when, 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 I, when I get around to it, I can, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on YouTube and I can tag you in it. Oh, that would be, yeah, maybe that maybe would, that'd be good. Get a, get a couple of videos. This could be a, a G up to get you going with the videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got um, actually I got a video I made just for myself um, with the bike. I could probably send you that. Yeah. Um, I, I found I discovered something really funny when I was riding it as well because I put a GoPro on the back of the um, sidecar, and um, yeah, my dog she she sits in the seat and she sees the corners coming and she like leans into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, awesome. 
yeah, you yeah. have to get yes. you have to go in some races you know where they yeah. hang out the side and just put your dog on there that's awesome yeah. <laughs> even if you have um um any like uh, promo videos or even web web pages from PME yeah. that have the products that you've spoken about in today's. Oh yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, we got. Yeah, please, yeah. please send them through because then we can. Because it'll just be good for people to be able to, like, I guess, put a picture to the description. If that makes yeah. sense. Oh, here, well, I can show you right here. The cars off. Yeah, yeah, show us here today. But it'd be good to um just put some links up onto the webpage so people can do yeah. a bit more research as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. yeah. If you can, so if you can show us while here. That'd be great. So what we'll do, everyone, is we will put, um, if you want to see this, make sure that you go and, oh, there's the RX-7. If you wanted to um, see this, make sure you go and look at this on the YouTube channel because uh, we we save these to YouTube as well. So you can uh, see Jerome in person and now you can see his cars. But also um, what we will do is put links to these in the show notes. So the links to PME, any other videos that Jerome sends through, we'll... Uh, We'll put those in the show notes, so make sure that you click the links below. All right, give us a give us a tour, Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a RX seven, um, oh. big turbo on it. That's no, massive. <laughs> it's right, A eighty five as well. Oh, watch out! Uh, oh, it's the motorbike there. Let me show you the hand controls on that. Let's see. So, how do you um like if you get on the motorbike? Do you take your wheelchair with you? Yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the sidecar. Yeah. Okay, you put it in the sidecar. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, there's uh, those controls. So these are controls I was uh, mentioned. I was just... so that's the uh, push brake, and you've also got a ghost string on there, which is an accelerator yeah. behind the behind the steering wheel. So yeah, that's so left yeah, and right there. You can hear the motor going because um, we had to put an electronic throttle on it as well because this car doesn't have one. Um, so this one here does the clutch. All right. So I got two clutches because I figured like if we need to do an emergency stop, I mean you can just grab that because the other clutch mm -hmm. is on the gear stick here. Yep. So you know if you had to do an emergency stop, you're not going to be able to brake, pull the clutch in, and steer at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, I awesome. Designed this very one here. Is, there, um, is that an electronically actuated clutch? Yeah, yeah. So it's what's, um, the, what's the delay? What's the lag? Oh, it's it's not. Uh, it's obviously not as quick as if you were to just jump on it with your foot. So it's it's, it's not bad though. But you got to um, just get used to it. Sometimes when you're when you're changing up gears, when you're pulling it out of gear, you kind of because you can pull it out of gear real quick normally. You got to just like wait a slight bit for it to disengage. But other than that, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting so, used to it, I guess. Yeah, so it's got, it's got electronic power steering on it, this car as well. So that's, um, you can see with, without the um, engine running even. So it's got electronic power steering, electronic throttle, and electronic clutch. That's 1989. It's even got CAN bus in it. <laughs> running the engine management. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't look like yeah. a 1989 dash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the, that's the Mazda, and then I'll, I'll show you show the bike. Wait, hold on. Yes, it's a Ural. It's made in Russia. Yeah, you look <laughs> like, like you're uh, on the Great yeah. Escape. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a knockoff of the um, BMWs that the Nazis had. 
in World yeah. War Two. The um, the Russians took the tooling from their factory afterwards, and mm. like after the war, and, and built them in Russia. So yeah, I changed the gears uh, just like with this. That's just it's full mechanical. And then there's that's this one. You can put it in the reverse. And then mm. um, yeah, it's got the, the two levers there, one for the crutch and one for the brake. And uh, yeah, it's the seat I've, I've built. So it's kind of can levers at the front there, and then it's got the two airbags on the back. Yeah, wow. It, yeah, I, you, you might not um, be familiar with it, Brad, but I mean, you might know, have heard of like the Wadigans. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a state forest. Ooh, yeah, not far from where I live. So I kind of go up and play around in there in the dirt, in the, in the mud. It's a, that's like what I, I used to do before I had the accident was just do all the, like the dirt biking and the motorbike touring. Yep. You know? Yeah. 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 And that bike goes all right through all the mud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can actually get a two wheel drive version of it. Yeah. Uh, right. But when I bought this one, they hadn't worked it out because in Australia and um, I think South, uh, in UK as well and South Africa, they got to have the sidecar on the left, whereas all the rest of them, the sidecar's on the right. So that's how the, the, the two-wheel drive setup works with the sidecar on the on the other side. Yeah. But yeah, right. no, it's still no, it's pretty good. We could have a massive tour of your garage there, uh, but we do need to wind it up. Um, yeah. so thank you very much. Thank you for awesome. showing us around your uh, around your yard. Right. Yeah, we yeah. we do yeah. ask everybody one final question. Um, yeah. But you've you've given us so much insight, so there, you mightn't be able to answer it. But the final question that we ask everyone that we interview is that we know that cars are more than just getting from A to B. Is there something that you do that's unique in your car, or something that's a little bit uh, unusual that nobody else kind of really knows about, and and is a bit yeah. unique to your story? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I lived in the back of my car for nine months. <laughs> I did. Sounds really ghetto, but it, it was not ghetto. Because uh, I actually, I've, I've probably driven in, uh, through more countries, like with hand controls than possibly anyone else, like on the planet. No shit. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, no. I shouldn't swear. Yeah, I've no. driven across 60 different countries with, wow. with hand controls. Yeah, so wow. on this trip, because I've done a few trips. Uh, like I driven, uh, the first trip I did, like I started in the UK and drove all the way down to Sahara. And then from there to the Nord Cap, which is like, the very top of Norway in the Arctic Circle. So that, that was like in 2010, the year after my accident. Wow. But then, um, yeah, like in 2014, my wife and I, we um, built a troop carrier here. And then we, um, yeah, yeah, we shipped it. We put it in a container and then we shipped it to the UK. And then uh, we flew over there. And then, yeah, we oh. just drove like east through um, Europe. And then, like through you know, like uh, Germany, Poland, and Latvia, then into Russia. Ali, Ali, Ali. What do you reckon? Should we get him back on and, and, and do another podcast about this trip around? Yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon we should do that. That'd be yeah, awesome. Did all of Central Asia and like Turkey, oh. you know, Azerbaijan, you know, Georgia, all these red hot Albania, you know, then all sorts of red wow. hot. Yeah, drove across them all. Audience, <laughs> audience, if you're listening to this and you want to hear Jerome's story. Uh, of traveling around the world with his uh, hand controls and car and so forth. Make sure that you let us know with uh, with thumbs up or or likes or shares or or put a, a comment in the show notes. Um, I yeah, reckon we might get you back on, Jerome. That sounds good. Sounds like fun. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right. Well, a, a massive thank you for you. Uh, thank no you very much for joining us. Like I said earlier, what we'll do is we'll we'll put some um, links to PME so people yep. know where you work and the types of things that you're doing there at uh, and Bill are doing there at uh, PME. And uh, yeah, if you've got any other videos of yourself taking that bike for a spin or the or any of your other cars there, um, make sure you share them with us and we'll, yep. we'll yep. put links through to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I, I can't thank you enough. Um, yeah, if, yeah, that was awesome. If people want to get in PME uh, in contact with you, is it just best to contact PME? Yeah, it's best to just call the, call the yeah, look us up on the, on the website and then just give us a buzz. All right. And you well, can definitely tell now these guys know what the hell they're doing. So, uh, so yeah, go talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. It's yeah, definitely. absolutely, <laughs> mate. What we do now is we, um, Ali and I, say goodbye to you and for our listeners hang around because what we're going to do is uh reflect on our three biggest takeaways so uh jerome thanks very much and uh, listeners will uh see you again in a second thanks jerome thanks mate Thank you. all right cheers All right. Thank you very much to Jerome for uh, being with us for this interview. This is the section where we reflect on Ali and, and my three key takeaways. And the first uh, takeaway that we want to reflect on is his, his, his zest for adventure. He, he's, he's a man who doesn't let anything really stand in his way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was... Um... A common theme we're starting to see a little bit um, that kind of like the people that seem to push themselves. I'm even thinking of Mitch Stone, um, uh, you know, the, the footy guy um, in the boat, uh, you know, the people that seem to push themselves through these kind of weird and wonderful adventures that you wouldn't typically associate with a spinal cord injury or, or a wheelchair user. Um, it just seems to leak into other parts of their life in terms of success. So it's kind of like, push through these barriers and then that will help in other parts of your life, you know? And I, yeah, it's a really good thing. Get out there right. and get some adventure. I love the fact that he had the hand controls before he even uh, passed his test. He had it already installed into his car and uh, ready to go uh, before he even passed his test. He's a, he's a man, he's a go-getter and, uh, yeah. and, and push Bill into employing him at uh, PME there as well. Uh, but then, uh, well, hopefully we get him back on and we can talk to him about his adventures around uh, around the world in uh, driving all over the place. Um, so uh, that's I'm excited to have him back on for that. Yeah, but but get out there and take risks, I guess, because that's uh, that's what it's all about, you know. Um, calculated risks and adventure is a good one. So um, yeah, yeah. And I guess moving into the second one, um, I thought. The fact that he had multiple modifications was awesome on five different cars, five different modifications, five different types of hand controls. And it really sings true to what we, um, what we both stand for on a personal and professional level, but also what we really harp on about this show. It's get out there and try different things because, you know, Jerome has one particular disability and he's one guy, but he needs five different applications for five different vehicles, right? And that's a perfect uh, example of that, that a manual push-pull works in one vehicle for this guy, but doesn't work in the other one. He needs something else, an electronic thing and so on and so forth. So it really highlights that individuality of not just the person, but also the vehicle and person combination. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's a very big OT thing um, about matching the person, the disability and what they actually want to achieve. Uh, it's called the PEO model for people that want to look that up. Um, yeah, it's it's huge. And, and he's taken that to its full advantage there with with the multiple cars that he has. We don't need to be restricted to one car. Now, there is something else that we need to reflect on. You need to check with your local government your local driving authority in regards to what that means for licensing because each state around australia um, and around the world for that matter um, has different regulations of what that would mean so make sure that you check with your local department of transport whether it's the rms whether it's the department of transport and infrastructure here in south australia or or wherever it is around australia uh, make sure that you check it out uh, to make sure that you have the right information for you and, and make sure you just don't go modifying a car and then get pulled over by a, by the police for whatever reason and uh, and then have to explain yourself and get through that trouble. Make sure you check first before you go. And on that, on that note of the, um, the OT, I guess, feedback, and it's even the same with modifiers, it's, it's interesting, I guess, um, and we've highlighted this before, don't just look at the product, look at the whole environment. And it's mm -hmm. also the vehicle, the people and everything like that, because you might do a trial in a push-pull hand control in, you know, someone's demo car and it works, then they go fit that into their own car, completely yeah. different setup angles, everything like that. So you may not be able to trial it in their car, but you need to at least look at that car and say, hey, that's the environment we're going to put this product in. Is it going to work in that environment as well? So 100%, 100%. Yeah, OTs, make sure that you listen to that bit of advice uh, just because they, they did their assessment in the driving instructor's car doesn't mean that it's going to fit in their car. So make sure that you, you take that on board. I mean, that AMG, I'm not sure that would go too well with the mechanical push-pulls. Maybe it would, but uh, that, that electronic e-radial, that, that's going to have a much nicer feel and, and a much better impact on the electronic accelerator that's in there. So Yeah, well, especially with those things, you need to... Um like program the curves because otherwise the acceleration otherwise you're going to have an accident straight away like yeah. with those v8s um too much revs with those hand controls so oh. so exactly that's that's the whole thing so um so yeah. yeah so lots of things on that uh final point there but that leads us into our third takeaway is that you don't need to be restricted to an auto and jerome there is a classic example i mean he pushes the limits and he's a he's a mechanic uh nut and uh, has a big interest in in motor vehicles, but he's driving a manual, uh, even though even though he's he can't use his legs on the pedals, he's got modifications in there with the duck clutch and then a second duck clutch on his actual brake lever as well, which is something that I haven't seen before. That I've learned something new there for any future clients for me. Um, but driving a manual, but then he's also taken that further and it's got his motorbike license back as well and there's lots of modifications for motorbikes that can be uh can be explored yeah and he's doing everything like he's doing dirt riding and and the, and the motorbike is like proper old school motorbike as you see in the video it's um it's got all the gears and everything like that it's all been properly set up so so yeah it's it's um it's great i guess to see that you can push those limits and and you know drive pretty much whatever you want you know it's um it, it's there you just got to push those limits yeah, and that leads us into our into our takeaway line, doesn't it, Ali? Yep. As we uh, say in every episode, if you've got any queries about what you can do and what will work for you, make sure you get in contact with your local OT or mobility dealer 
and set yourself up with a trial. Uh, and that might actually be PME. And uh, make sure that you check them out and check the links out uh, in the show notes uh, because, yeah, PME have been around for many years and, and hopefully one day we'll talk Bill on uh, to coming on and, uh, and joining us and having a chat to what it was like in the early days uh, there. But uh, trials really do put you in the, in the driver's seat. So we'll see you in the next episode. See you next time. for listening to the Drive Able podcast with Brad Williams and Aliak Barrier. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.